You ready to give yourself to the Word of God today? All right, come on, let's turn. If you have your Bibles, turn it to Daniel chapter 10. Daniel chapter 10. We're getting toward the end of the Old Testament. Daniel chapter 10. Um, through the summer, I've been sharing from the overflow of uh, my heart and what the Lord has been uh, showing me and mixed with uh, some messages that I believe that he wants us to know as we prepare for our call. Uh, and here's something that I've learned out of my relationship uh, with the Lord. When the Lord is about to move, he calls out. When the Lord is ready to make a major move of advancement in the spirit, he's always alerted me and called me to deeper times of prayer. He's required more of my attention and some shifts in my routine. Uh, sometimes it's getting up earlier uh, to meet with him or find time with him throughout the day, but he just makes those shifts. Sometimes he requires me to stop some things uh, that I'm doing, like social media, and just lay that down for a while, or start doing things that I, wa I wasn't doing before, such as fasting. <clears throat> and ultimately what I've noticed is when his deep calls to my deep, my sensitivity to the things of God and the move of the Spirit, it increases. Amen. Now the interesting thing is, that's not a special arrangement between God and me. It's actually a pattern all throughout Scripture. Yeah. In fact, every time the Lord moves his people, what is the first thing that he would call them to do? He would call them to consecrate themselves. We've talked about that before. What does consecrate mean? What does it mean to be consecrated? In a nutshell, it means cut the fluff and prepare to hear from God and submit to him. That's really what it means. Now, we're constantly in spiritual battle. Yes or no? Yes. Yes, we are. The intensity of that battle ebbs and flows. And one of the things that I'm learning is when the Lord draws me deep, when I understand that he is working and moving, when I come to that realization, Lord, you're working out here. I can see what you're doing. Not only is my sensitivity to the things of the spirit heightened, but I also have a greater sense of the warfare or the battle that is going on over and around me. You follow me? See, I believe that the Holy Spirit reveals that to us. I believe that he unveils our eyes to see the things in the spirit around us so that we know what we're up against and we know how to combat. Amen. Here's the good news. Y'all want to hear some good news? Yeah. Okay. God does not leave us alone to try to figure out how to engage the enemy on our own. There are rules of engagement and the Bible lays out principles for us to apply when God is about to make a move and it sounds the call of consecration on our lives. Yeah. The Bible lays it out. And I want to show you in the New Testament the foundation for this biblical principle of rules of engagement. I just want to show you uh, that I'm going to lay out for you today. You don't have to turn there. It's going to be on the screen. Stay in Daniel chapter 10. But I just want to share a scripture in the New Testament from James. James 4, 4 says this, adulterers and adulteresses, and he's talking about spiritual, by the way, 
Do you not know that your friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously. But he gives more grace and therefore he says, look at this. God resists the proud, those who do it their way, but gives what? Grace to the humble, those who do it God's way. Therefore, now here's the root of the principle I want to share with you today. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, sinners, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Now, I want you to go back. I want you to look. Submit to God. What does it mean to submit to God? Now, that word submit is two words in the original language. It means under and arrange. Those are the two words, under and arrange. It literally means under God's arrangement. See, James is saying here in this passage, put yourself under God's arrangement and order of things. He has an arrangement. He has an order. Then you will be able to stand in battle against enemy warfare that's trying to stop you from moving closer to God and his will and his purpose for your life. Now, when we come under God's arrangement through submitting to him, what we're saying is you are first and yours is first. You are first and yours is first. I will put you first, God, and I will put your ways first. Because here's the deal. If he is first, we are blessed. If he is not first, we are not blessed. And the you know what the Bible calls that? Cursed. <coughs> and this is the principle of firsts. This is God's number one principle of engagement. The number one principle of engagement. If we get this principle wrong, if we are ignorant to his arrangement or refuse God's order of things, we are, just as James puts it in 4.4, spiritual adultery. You follow me? Now the title of this message today is the principle of firsts. The principle of first. I want to show you a man in the Bible who understood this principle. And he practiced it. And he came under God's arrangement. And he was blessed for it. Now, you're in Daniel chapter 10. Before we read, uh, I want to give you a little bit of background on Daniel. Okay, so I want to educate you a little bit. Uh, Daniel uh, was called a prophet by Jesus himself. Jesus refers to Daniel as a prophet and is considered one of the most specifically accurate prophets in the Bible. Uh, And I don't mean that the other prophets were not accurate. They were. But Daniel not only prophesied about events, but he was able to pinpoint times and length of times. Daniel was very specific. Uh, And you might find this interesting. Most prophets uh, prophesied about judgment, the coming judgment. 
Daniel, though, prophesied about the two most celebrated things for all believers. He prophesied about the coming of the first coming of Jesus, which has been fulfilled. And he's, then he prophesies about the second coming of Jesus, which we're waiting to be fulfilled. So not only is, was Daniel a prophet. Now, uh, you might not realize this, uh, but Daniel was one of the most righteous men that ever lived. Um, he was so righteous that God put him in the righteous men's club with Noah and Job. He kind of tied all of those guys together. I just want to show you uh, what God thinks about Daniel. In Ezekiel 14, 13, it says this. Son of man, suppose the people of a country were sent to sin against me, and I lifted up my fist to crush them, cutting off their food supply and sending a famine to destroy both people and animals. Look at this. Even Noah, even if Noah, Daniel, and Job were there, their righteousness would save no one but themselves, says the sovereign Lord. So God's likened Daniel to Noah and Job. He's kind of put them in the same category. I just wanted you to see God's opinion of Daniel. Daniel was a righteous, he was considered righteous before God. Now, when Daniel was a, a young boy uh, between the age of 12 and 15, uh, he was taken captive uh, to Babylon along with many other Jews. Uh, and Daniel was put in a, in a, group, a select group of four other Jewish boys. Do you know what I'm talking about? He was put, you know who the other, the other Jewish boys were? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It's a group of four of them. Daniel was one of them. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. All right, now, remember, Babylon, Babylon when they captured, uh, they took the wealthy, the elite, the higher class, the movers and shakers of uh, Israel uh, into captivity. And they left behind the poor and the weak because Babylon was trying to build their empire and they wanted to take over. So it was strategic. Uh, now, you might not know this, but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Daniel were put in this group together because they were all, all four of them were royalty. Did you know that? Daniel, in fact, was a descendant of King David. He was in the line. Uh, also, it's pretty clear in Daniel that uh, Daniel understood the principle of firsts and that he put God first. Do you remember the time when Daniel uh, restricted their diet from all the other boys to prove God's power? Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. Okay. See, here's what I believe happened. Uh, I believe that the Spirit of God was giving Daniel the instructions of engagement. And, and I can just imagine how this goes down. Uh, that the Holy Spirit would come to Daniel and say, all right, Daniel, they're about to offer you a pretty good deal. Uh, and it will seem reasonable and it will be normal and not necessarily offensive to you or defiling to you. But Daniel, let's let God's glory shine here. And let's prove him faithful. See, I can just imagine that going, kind of going down that way. And so Daniel said, I don't want to eat any of the king's food. Can we go on a special diet? And then the steward, if you remember in that story, the steward came to me and says, okay, Daniel, uh, listen, you need to do this. You need to eat what the king puts in front of you. You need to drink the wine the king puts in front of you. Because if you're weaker than the rest of all the other guys, I'm going to get in trouble. 
Daniel says, he's like, okay, let's just test the water. Let's just put our toe in to the river a little bit. He says, let the four of us just eat vegetables and water and test us for 10 days. And see if we're as healthy and as strong as the other boys in the group. And, and it, it's if we're at keeping up with our studies, they said. And did you know what? At the end of the 10 days, were they? Yes. Yes. As a matter of fact, not only did they measure up, but they were wiser and healthier, Scripture says. See? Now, so because it worked for the 10 days, it carried on for three years. That went on for three years. And at the end of the three years, these Jewish boys that submitted to God's plan were 10 times wiser and healthier than the other boys in the group. By the way, do you know who the other boys in the group were? Uh, they were magi. They were astrologers and uh, forecasters. Uh, original language, Massa. Now this sidebar, but I want you to think about this for a Daniel prophesied Jesus' coming in birth. All right, we know that. So here Daniel was in a group of magi. I mean, for three years he was in that group. And Daniel was rising to the top of the class. Daniel and his bros were rising to the top of the class in this by doing things God's way. All right, now, fast forward 600 years. Do you remember when Jesus was born that magi from the east came to look for him? You remember that? All right. Do you know where Babylon is in relation to Jerusalem? In the east? How did they even know about the Messiah that was to come from Israel? Could it be? It's just me. But could it be that Daniel told those other boys, the other Magi in those three years in the training group about the coming Messiah, that he would come 600 years in the future? And God preserved that word because you know God's word never returns back void, by the way. You do know that. So if he's given a word, suppose Daniel was given a word, and then six years, hundred years later, the descendants of those magi that were raised with Daniel in those for those three years, they had heard their whole life growing up from their fathers and their grandfathers and their grandfathers and their grandfathers, and then they come and they're looking for the Messiah that they had heard about. And that through their wisdom, the magi when they came ignored the lies from Herod who said, remember when he said, oh, you show me where when you find him, tell me so I can go worship him too, which was a lie by the way because we know Herod wanted to kill Jesus. Could it be that those magi that heard all the way from Jesus, I mean from, from Daniel all those 600 years ago, could it be that their wisdom under God's arrangement provided security needed to preserve God's plan of redemption? Could it be? Could it be? Isn't that interesting? <laughs> this, this is a good sermon already. Now, now, let's begin reading. And I want to share with you two principles that we can learn from Daniel about the principle of verse. I'm going to ask if you would stand in the honor of reading of God's word. And here's what we do at Cultivate Church. We're, we, the Lord has us in this pattern, not legalistically, and it may change. But the Lord has us where we pray before we read the scripture. And ask the Holy Spirit to reveal truth of His Word to us as we study. So, if you would just join me in that prayer as we ask the Holy Spirit to do His work among us. Would you do that? 
So, Lord, we bow before you now and we ask, humbly ask, that you come and you fill this room continually to overflowing with your presence as we open your word. Would you speak to us, God? Would your spirit fall on us, God? Or would you reveal truth to us? Would you, uh, would you ring our bell to let us know what we need to do with this word, with this principle today? You have free reign. And when the invitation time comes, we'll be ready to obey you, God. We love you. Speak to us now, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Remain standing. Here we go. We're going to start Daniel chapter 10, verse 1, going all the way through verse 14. In the year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, whose name was called Belshazzar. Belshazzar, that was his Babylonian name. The message was true, but the appointed time was long, and, and he understood the message and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. Now, that's important. I ate no pleasant food, no meat or wine came into my mouth nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. Now, what was he doing? As a fast. He was in fasting. Okay? Three whole weeks. Note that. Verse 4. Now, on the 24th day of the first month, some translations might say April 23rd. That's when that, that's when that translates into our calendar. April 23rd. Okay? On the 24th day of the first month. Um, as I was by the side of the great river, that is the Tigris, I lifted my eyes and I looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose waist was girded with gold of Upaz. His body was like beryl, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like torches of fire, his arms and feet like burnished bronze in color, and the sound of his words like the voice of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great terror fell on them, so they fled to hide themselves. Therefore I was left alone when I saw this great vision, and no strength remained in me, for my vigor was turned to frailty in me, and I retained no strength. Yet I heard the sound of his voice, the sound of his words, and while I heard the sound of his words, I was in deep sleep on my face, with my face to the ground. Suddenly, a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright for I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking, this word came to me, and I stood trembling. And he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand. Now, you just, we're going to have to connect the dots to when the first day was. And to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. Now, when would that have been? It would have been the, the 21 days prior. That would have been the first day 
of the first month. Follow me? Okay. And I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia, now this is talking about in the spirit, this is talking about spiritual warfare now. The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, the archangel, one of the chief princes of heaven, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the king of Persia, which was a demonic prince. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the revision refers to many days yet to come. So there was a breakthrough with the word. Now, there's a pattern here. I'm going to talk about that. You may be seated. God bless the reading of his word. If you go back to verse 4, let me explain this. April was the first of the, in the Hebrew calendar, April was the first of their year. Uh, it used to be September, but then God changed it to April when they came out of the Exodus uh, because he wanted it to be associated with the Passover. So April is the first month of their year. And uh, Daniel had fasted for 21 days. And on the 24th day of the month, after he had finished the fast, here comes this angelic being to speak to him. There was a breakthrough. There was a breakthrough. There was a word from heaven. Now, I don't have time to get into, the, get into it, but there is a pattern in Scripture regarding these time frames. That's why I was just kind of underlined as we were going through it. But here's what I want you to see. God had called Daniel to a season of fasting and praying and consecrating himself on the first of the month. And he was submitting himself to God and putting God first. He was coming under God's uh, order of things. He was coming under God's arrangement. And then there was a breakthrough in the warfare. And the answer came. Now, so here's what we can learn about the principle of firsts. And if you're taking notes, here's number one. Give to God first. And the principle of firsts, give to God first. Now, this is a principle that we should just automatically live by. We should automatically. We need to make up our minds as the people of God that we're going to give to God first. That's just the way it's going to be. We just need to make up our minds. So uh, stay in Daniel. So you got a marker there. But turn over to Exodus 13.1. I think it will also be on your screen. So just look there. It says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Consecrate to me all the firstborn, Whatever opens the womb first among the children of Israel, both men and beasts, it is mine. See, this is a principle all throughout Scripture. The principle of first is all throughout. God is a God who requires the first. Why? Why does God require the first? Because it doesn't take faith to give the fifth or the tenth. That's why. See, tithing, okay, let's just talk about tithing. Tithing is not about the amount or the percentage. It's about faith. It's about who's first in your life. It's about your consecration, your submission to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and coming under his arrangement. The principle is very clear. Why did God accept Abel's offering 
But he didn't accept Cain's offering because Abel brought the firstborn of his stock, the first animal, the firstborn. He, he gave him the first, and it was clear that Cain's offering from his crops was not the first. It wasn't the first. He still brought an offering, but it wasn't the first fruits. Why did God say when they went into the promised land to take Jericho? You remember when when Joshua led the people over the Jordan River and the first city was there that Jericho. Do you remember what God told uh, Joshua when you go over? He said, you give the Jericho all of the gold, all of the plunder. You give all of that city to me. The rest is yours. Why? Because that was the first. That was the first. This principle of first. God requires the first in Faith. Here's the truth of this principle, by the way. You give the first to God and the rest is redeemed. What about the first of your day giving it to God and the rest Uh of your day? What about the first of your year, just like Daniel, and the rest of your year redeemed? I like that deal. What about the first of your thoughts? Or the first of your words when you get up? What's the first words that come out of your mouth in the morning? Are they they praises to God? God, thank you for this day. I give you the first of my day. I give you the first of my heart. I give you the first of my thoughts. When my feet hit the floor in the morning, is is God the first for you? Give everything of the first. To God. Exodus 41 says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, On the first day of the month, you shall set up the tabernacle of the ten of meetings. First of the month, church. Deuteronomy 26, 1. It shall be when you come into the land which the Lord your God has given you as an inheritance, and you possess it and dwell in it, that you should take some of the, what's the word? First of all the produce of the ground which you shall bring. Notice that word, bring. From the land that that the Lord your God has given you, put it in the basket, go to the place where the Lord your God has chosen to make his name abide. Now, I want you to notice about something about that word bring. When scripture talks about the tithe, no matter what it is, when it talks about the tithe in the original language, it almost always, if not exclusively, uses the word bring, not give. Do you want to know why that it does that? Because you cannot give something that doesn't belong to you. You cannot give it, but you can bring something that is in your possession that belongs to someone else. By the way, everything you own does not belong to you. It belongs to God. So he says, bring the tithe, whatever that is, bring the tithe, bring the first of everything that you have. Exodus 32, 34:26 says, The first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring to the house of the Lord your God. Ezekiel 44, 30 says, The beast of all of your first fruit, the best of all of your first fruits of any kind, in every sacrifice of any kind, from all your sacrifices shall be to the priests. Also, you shall give the priest the first of your ground meal. Watch this. To cause a blessing to rest on your Blessings of God. Is there anybody here besides me that wants the blessings of God to rest on their house? It's a principle of God. God is the same. He does not change. He does not change. What was true then is true now. God's principles, his statutes are true. It has to do with this principle of giving first 
to God. This is one of the reasons why we decided in the inception of Cultivate Church that as a house of the Lord, we would tithe to evangelism and missions. We would tithe. We were advised not to do that. Did you know that? We were advised, don't, don't do that. Uh, and, and we were told that we needed to keep every penny to help pay for operations and staff and the onset. We were, we were advised that. There, there are people that teach that. And something did not settle in our spirit about that because of this principle. And see, the, 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 the argument was, well, uh, God will understand. But we determined that we wanted to do things God's way and by his principles and under his arrangement. Yeah. And we have sought to operate with the principle of first at Cultivate Church. So every dollar that's given to the tithe, we turn around and we tithe 10% right off the tops. No questions asked. At the very first, we tithe it. It goes around the world. And God has honored that decision. And we have been blessed financially. And there have been many times that we've been amazed at God's provision. But it just, because it, sometimes it didn't make sense. Sometimes it did not make sense. There was no rhyme or reason. Somehow we ended up ahead. I don't know, but we just did. Now, I want to show you a scripture where churches were instructed to give a portion to help others. I just want to show you 1 Corinthians 16.1. This is a New Testament, by the way. Now, concerning the collection for all the saints... As I have given orders to the church in Galatia, so you must do also. Look at this. On the first day of the week, let each of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper, that there be no collection when I come. Now, there's another scripture on giving, but it's not focused on laying at all. Second Corinthians 8.3 says, For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability. They were freely willing, imploring us with much urgency that we should receive the gift and follow of the ministering to the saints. And not only as we had hoped, but watch this, but they first gave who? Themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. That's the principle. They gave of themselves first. See, that's the principle that I want everybody, every member of Cultivate Church to understand and practice. We're going to give ourselves, including our time, our talents, and our resources. But we're going to give of ourselves to God first. We're going to submit to God under His arrangement of things. Now, go back to Daniel 10, and I want to show you one more. Daniel 10, 12, he says, Then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before God. Your words were heard, and I've come because of your words. Here's what I want you to understand. From the first day that we set our hearts on God and we begin to live the principle of firsts, and we do things God's way, God hears us, and when we pray, He dispatches the answer to our prayers. You come under God's arrangement, He's with you. Now, go back to verse 13. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 
For how many days? Twenty-one days. How long had Daniel been praying? Twenty-one days. When was the answer to Daniel's prayer dispatched? The first day. On the first day that he humbled himself and submitted to God. On the first day, the enemy enemy resistance started. I want you to think You see what James 4 4 was talking about. Submit to God. Remember, he said, submit to God. Then what's the next thing? Resist the devil, resist the enemy, and he will what? Flee from you. You see that pattern? The principle of first applies to every aspect of our lives, our time, our words, our money, our talents. So number one, we give to God first. Here's number two. Go to God first. Go to God first. Go to God first. I want to ask you a question. Where do you go first when you get news? Where do you go first when you get good news? Where do you go first when you're hurting or depressed? When you make a mistake, where do you go first? Who do you go to? Who do you go to when you hear gossip? Who do you go to? Who do you go to when you're sick? Who's the first that you go to? I want to read you a scripture. Second Chronicles 16, 12 says this. In the 39th year of his reign, Asa became diseased in his feet, and his malady was severe. He had a severe foot fungus. I don't know if you mean that. It was bad. Whatever it was. Look at this. Yet in his disease, he did not seek the Lord, but he went to the doctor. Now, with this principle in place, you could even insert that word. He did not go to the Lord first. He went to the doctor. And then we know Asa died. Matthew 6, 33, this is a familiar verse. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Now, I want to give you an example of my own life. Carolyn, my wife Carolyn, is the closest person to me on planet Earth. The closest person I got. And I tell her everything. Uh, there's nothing that I won't tell her. I, I tell her my hurts and my fears. I tell her my worries. I tell her my concerns. I complain to her or you. I just. <laughs> but now, over the years, what I've learned and what I am learning is to not tell her anything first. And I've made it a point to go to God first. And let me tell you why. Because it's not fair to her. I want you to listen to me carefully. God gave us the ability to communicate for a reason. And in communication, there is an exchange that happens. Remember, 
Our scripture says there's both life and death in the tongue. Right? Yes. The tongue or our words, as scripture says, are powerful. They produce blessings and cursings. Right? Yeah. Power in the tongue. So if if uh, Mike, Mike said something mean to me, and I got angry with him. And I called Carol. I mean, he made me angry. And I called him and I said, Mike was mean to me. You will not believe what he said to me. Now, when I say that, there is an exchange that happens. Don't you hear me? There's an exchange that happens. What's happening is, is I'm releasing some of the hurt that I feel. But I'm giving it to someone who's not equipped to handle it. See, she's not designed to handle it. God did not design her to handle my hurt. She can handle the information, but she can't handle the hurt. So the first thing that I do is I say, God, Pastor Mike hurt me again. I can use him as an example because we know that's not true. But I can say, God, Pastor Mike hurt me again. And see, when I go to God about it in that process, guess what God does? God always comes in and he takes it and he speaks things to me and shows me the situation and gives me perspective that my wife cannot. And then later I might be talking to Carolyn and I might say, yeah, you know, Mike and I were talking today and he said some things that I, I don't know. But, but you know what? See, because God's already, Holy Spirit's already been speaking to me. And I say, but you know what? I know Mike's under some heavy stress right now. And, and he didn't mean to hurt my feelings. That's not who he is. He doesn't mean to do that. Because you know what? You know, Carolyn, I know most Christians don't. True followers of Jesus, they're not vindictive people by their nature. They just don't do that. And, 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 and if they are being vindictive on purpose, if that's really true, then they might not even be a believer anyway. And there's another situation that requires wisdom and grace all of its own. Amen. <laughs> See, I don't need to go to people first. You don't need to go to somebody first. Because there is an exchange that happens. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy burdened, who are heavy laden, and I will give you, what's the word? Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. You will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, would you look at that divine exchange that happens in that verse? See, I exchange with, when I go to God, guess what I do? I exchange weariness for rest. That's a pretty good deal. That's a good exchange in the marketplace. I exchange a heavy burden for a light and easy yoke and learning from the Lord. Have you ever gone to someone and you told them a heavy burden that you're carrying and they said, oh my goodness. Oh my, that's awful. I wish I could help you. I wish I could do something to make that better. Have you ever had that situation? You went to somebody and you told them something and they just, they listened to you and they wish they could tell you something to make it better. You told them something that they could not do anything about. Anybody else besides me? Well, when we go to God with our heavy burden, see, he offers an exchange. He offers his light for your head. And he also has some instructions for you as well, according to this passage. He has something to show you and to tell you and to teach you that you can learn from about the situation that you're sharing with him. That's what that scripture promises. 
See, if I can do anything today, I want to impart to you about this principle of firsts. I want us to give God the first of our days. I want us to give God the first fruits of our time, the first fruits of our word, the first fruits of our talent, the first fruits of our finances. But listen to me, when you put God first, when you put God first, you win the battle. If God is walking in front of you, you're okay. If you put him as the line leader, you get behind him, you're golden. Now, there's one other thing that I want to show you, and I'm done. I shared earlier that Daniel was a righteous man, and then I showed you the passage Noah, Job, Daniel. So here's the question. What if you're not on the top of the righteous men and women's list? And you know it. What if we make some mistakes? What if you got some bad news but you didn't know God first? Like Ace said, you've had a health issue. You skip God altogether. With other means first. And I'm not saying you don't go to the doctor. Don't hear me say that. You know what I mean? And you might think then, well, I'm doomed. I missed this principle principle of I messed it up. I didn't go to God first. Well, let me tell you how you remedy it. You repent first. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> God gave an answer in the principle of first. You repent first. That's the next thing you do. The next first thing you do is repent. Go to God now. Now. See, we know that Noah sinned. We know he did. We know Job sinned. Scripture tells us explicitly how Job sinned. Even though they were righteous, they had their faults. By the way, did you know that if you're in Christ Jesus, you are seen as righteous before God because of the blood of Jesus? That you're the righteous. But we have our faults. See? Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Now, right before our passage today, in Daniel 9 20, don't turn there, just listen to me. Daniel said, Now, while I was speaking, praying, and confessing my sin, Daniel. By the way, right after this, he said this. This is where Daniel got the revelation of exactly the year that the Messiah was going to come. Yet he was confessing his sin with the Lord. But because he did, he was in a place where he could hear the word, the most important word. So I'm telling you, no matter where you are today, no matter what you've done, you can fall into this principle of firsts right now. There is no one in this room exempt from coming in right order in God's arrangement. Today, in this very minute, and maybe that's part of your invitation. I'm going to tell you this. God's way is God first. That is his way. Give God the first. Go to God first. That's the principle of firsts.